Welcome to another edition of Taste. I'm your host, Mike Farraher. This week, we've got the lads from Shillelagh Law, and I'm just stunned that we're actually talking about the celebration of their 25th anniversary. Where did the years go? They have been barnstorming up and down Route 95 here in the northeast of America with their spirited, that's the best word I could describe it, their spirited version of Irish tunes. They've got some great originals, and it's a great jam band of Irish American influences. So without further ado, we drop in on a conversation with Shillelagh Law on Taste. Welcome to another edition of Taste. You might want to put the kids away from the radio on this one, folks, because I don't know what's going to come out of the mouths of these people here. We've got Richard Popovic of Shillelagh hey. Law. By the way, this is Shillelagh Law here. So we've got Rich Popovic. We've got Terry Brennan, drums and Bauron. We've got Steve Gardner uh, on bass. And then, of course, Kevin McCarthy on accordion and I probably no, the squeeze box <laughs> the squeeze box do you want me to do this over again is that what we're doing? No, no. <laughs> and missing in action is Denny McCarthy on fiddle but that makes up shillelagh law and it's an exciting time to be a shillelagh law fan because we all get to watch them on this big green season as they celebrate their 25th anniversary so uh I guess my question is what did you all get each other for your 25th anniversary I got Steve a nice set of pajamas. Yeah, I see him. Bunny ears, feet, the whole thing. They look, they look great on him. They're my Jack pajamas. Oh wow, wow! That was a for anybody that's just listening at home. That was a gratuitous crotch shot. He was just dying to do that the whole time, but he he was able to get that in. But all, all kidding aside, I mean that is quite an accomplishment for any band, right? And um, yeah. I'd love to know just. How does that feel to be going into your 25th green season? And, and how is it different? Obviously, with uh, the pandemic, of course, has changed everything. But I would imagine uh, there's a certain milestone that you guys are crossing on your 25th year. So what's that, what's that like for you guys? It's hard to believe, quite frankly. Um, you know, when Terry and Steve and I sort of conceived of this band way back in 98, um it was just you know just for fun we all had an appreciation and love of the music we played different styles of music we were in different bands together and then we just decided to give this a try and we never stopped we haven't stopped yet and it's been uh extremely rewarding to be part of people's lives it's very odd for us i mean i could speak for me personally where you sort of feel the same inside you know you're a little bit wiser maybe a little bit more road weary but you don't feel too different on the inside, but you know, the gigs hurt a bit more. Oh, and cool. then especially when people come up at the end of the show and they say, I, yeah, I've been listening to you my whole life and they mean it their entire <laughs> life. You know, their parents were fans. Oh, my parents met at one of your shows and, and that kid is out now, you know, hanging out and seeing for themselves. And uh, it's been a, a great journey. And as, as we've been sort of joking, we, we hope to do 25 more. Mm. Mike yeah. doesn't believe it. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I, I, still can't, I still can't believe it, right? Because I started to write for the Irish Voice in 1997. That was the year my daughter was born. She's 26. And I remember when you guys started. And, you know, I've run into you guys gigs throughout the years. And it's not an exaggeration to say that 
you know, we all grew up together. So I'm sure that I'm just one of many fans that have that experience of 25 years of shillelagh law. So it's, it's, I could definitely speak and that definitely resonates for me as well. Thanks for coming on the ride with us all these years, Mike. Oh, no, no, it's been great. It's been great. So, um, and, you know, t- tell me a little bit about how the band kind of started, because I know that there was, you know, some of you were in bands already and you kind of were doing different kinds of music and then you put in a couple of the Irish tunes and they sort of resonated in your set and, and things went off from there. So tell us a little bit about how the band started uh, and what are your earliest memories uh, when things really started to gel together? Like when the McCarthy brothers, as an example, uh, first joined the band and how that kind of shifted things down. Should I, should I tell the story, Rich? About the, the help wanted? The, yeah. Well, the, the story for, from the McCarthy point of view was we were in Fogarty's bar in Bronxville, uh, circa, had to be 1999, maybe 2000. And it was a help wanted, Fiddler wanted sign in the bathroom of Fogarty's. And I don't know whose number was on it. I looked at it, came out of the bathroom, told Denny. Denny goes running into the bathroom, tears down all the help wanted signs, and he starts, you know, he called the next day. And I think that's how the story goes. He showed up for a show the very next weekend, right? Yeah, he showed up for a show. We never practiced. We never did anything. And he just got on stage. He's like, he would listen to like five seconds of a song and just be writing, like playing. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he said, uh, he said, I'll just hang back and and just sort of be the background and just ease into it. And as we all know, Denny has never eased into anything in his life. <laughs> yeah. And so within within a minute, you know, he was just ripping it up. And, uh, well, and I was just, yeah, we've been going, I was going strong ever say, since. It, it's totally on brand that Denny McCarthy would answer an ad for a fiddler in a urinal. I mean, you know <laughs> I mean? Like, that's totally... <laughs> Totally believable. The sign could have been on a urinal cake that night, and he was still grabbed and ran out of the bathroom with it. The number could have been on a urinal sticker. Rip it. That's what it. That's how Denny. And he was like a prom queen at the first show. He, he was. I'll hang out in the back, and then the next thing, he's just probably out. In literally, sta- literally standing on the bar by the end of the night. Literally yeah. standing on the bar of the first show he ever played with us. So, but well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely you know we talk about that's the point, sort of one of the points the big points of the band was up until then it was a Steve Terry and I and um, uh, Mary Teresa Kylie Um, and so she was our first fiddler and you know we did great things uh, but we were definitely smaller in scope Um, and then once uh, Denny joined and then you know Kevin started to sit in soon afterwards uh, occasionally at first then eventually joining the band and that's when things really, you know, started to to take off for us because it just bought a whole different level of energy and in context too. You know, he was just getting on the fire department. He knew a lot of people. You know, being we were from Yonkers, he was from the Bronx, so he had a whole other so, sort of set of friends that started coming out to the shows, and he knew people who owned different bars, and so it expanded our entire network and sort of brought us to a, to a new level. Yeah, that's awesome, and I know that you know we. We bust on him a lot, but he was also, you know, an Arl Ireland champion, right? So I yep, think one of, the, times. one of the great things about your band in general is, you know, it's it's tight where it needs to be, and then it's really loose where it needs to be as well in terms of just your your improvisation and your kind of a jam band sort of feel where you'll you will go off on a tangent in the 
and the jigs and reels are are just amazing. So tell me a little bit more about the recording process because you eventually went into the studio and you recorded studio albums and live albums. So what was that experience like when you were recording your first album for the first time? Awesome. <laughs> wow. Terry, Terry, you've been awful quiet over there. Yeah. Terry. Uh, I just want to say, Kev, is it true that Dennis stopped playing for a long time? And then when he joined the band, he kind of took the fiddle out of the closet. Is that true? Yeah, it was. Uh, he hadn't played probably since his late teens, late teens and when my father passed away. And he just kind of put the music aside. He got into the corrections department for a couple of years. And then uh, he joined the fire department, of course. And it, it, it kind of just renewed his, he was so into the music as a kid and he won several All Ireland champions, uh, championships. He, was, he seemed to be winning these things all the time. It was becoming boring to him. But uh, he came, after my father passed away, he, he just kind of like walked away from the music. And, and these guys, God bless them, uh, he, they brought back the kind of love that he always had for the music, if it makes any sense. He just kind of, it was like a fish going back into water. The only way I could describe it anyway. What was it like when you had to take the electricity of your live band experience and then put that into a record uh, and making sure that that had translated and, and was a representative of the band? Did you find that challenging as a group at all? Uh, for the first album, no, because we recorded it pretty live because we didn't have the money to spend uh with in a long you know a long bunch of studio sessions uh we didn't spend bringing in any extra instrumental uh players we didn't bring guest singers guest players it was just us hanging out um and setting up in a room up in vermont um in a studio we could all had we all had a sort of line of sight uh, but tried to isolate a little bit so the instruments could be mixed uh, a little bit. And then we just played songs that we've been playing live uh, for for the past year, and we knew them backwards and forwards. So we just banged out that first album in, in two days, uh, mastered and, and mixed, and pretty much, uh, you know, a little bit of work afterwards, and then it was done. And some people love it best because they said it, it captures us uh, in our sort of purest form. Although when I listen back to it now, uh, I just laugh because our voices are, are so much higher than it's we sound we, we sound fundamentally is different uh, to me anyway we sound uh, quite a bit different but that challenge definitely later as as we have more time and money and ideas and how we want these songs to really open up and then then you do you know then it becomes more of a studio album and less of that sort of rawness and some people like that and some people prefer us to keep it as simple as possible yeah. yeah my favorite memory of that kind of going back to the energy is when we did the group vocals in the cd itself there's an insert and it has us all around a microphone and my memory is us just having a blast and laughing kind of like we would at the bar late at night so i, I the, the group vocal definitely added a lot of fun and energy to the experience mm. and the hidden tracks as well uh, hidden tracks were always fun. Hidden tracks yeah. were always fun. Yeah, remember the '90s and hidden tracks? You know, early 2000s when the hidden hidden tracks were all the all the rage, man. Kids today just wouldn't understand that, would they? No, yeah. <laughs> the joy of finding that hidden track, waiting that 30 seconds, and yeah, then having man. it kick in. Uh, so go back to Shillelagh Law. Then you know you have your first album, and then cut to a few years later, 
you're playing Heritage Nights at City Field and Giant Stadium and FedEx Field. Yeah. What was that experience like? It, it was hard to believe even when we were in the middle of it that th this was going on, that they even asked us to, to, to perform at these places. I mean, granted, it wasn't on the 50-yard line or out on you know the mound or anything like that, but still to be asked to be a part of it and then to participate as fans um, and then to have the crowds come out and see us uh, was was a bit overwhelming, I'd say. Uh, you know, I can't answer for the other guys, but I look at some of the old pictures and I can't. I, I have to pinch myself. It's like, did that really happen? Did we really take part in that? Yeah, as a, as a I'm a I'm a Mets fan, so uh, I remember the first time we played. My dad is now passed. He was there, and my family came out in big numbers. And so, as a fan um, of the team, right, and having this experience with the fellas and playing live uh, at the Mets game. And then at FedEx Field, you know, again, being a big Notre Dame fan, it kind of just brought all this uh, to a place where I could really appreciate how far the band had come. And to bring your family along with that, that must have been just incredible. Yeah. yeah. My favorite part about the City Field experience was, was like, we all went there, we were excited. And if you've seen us live, we like a few libations. And no. we were all tailored. We were all tailgating and like having a good time and everything. And then Mike, they like that, found that's us. off the record, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and then they found us. And then they're like, okay, oh, you guys gotta come with us. And they like bought us all and like threw us in a room with nothing. It's just nothing in the room. We're just it was there. A, it was an empty room with one chair. And like and, a guard outside. Yeah, they were trying to keep us in the room. It was the funniest thing. And then me and Terry went to the door and then Terry goes, okay, on the count of three, we're getting out of this place. Opens up the door, it was gangbusters. Shillelagh long everywhere, five different directions. That's and the true. girl was on the microphone saying, they got out, they got out. And then he started yelling, we're going to McFadden's, which was the bar in the outfield. We're going to McFadden's. It was like a, a red alert. Were, people with walkie-talkies were chasing us around, trying to corral us. It was... It was the best experience ever. I, I cried laughing watching these teenagers try to herd us back into the room. You can't hurt you. Intern, in, interns, interns worst day ever. But yeah. no, really, honestly, watching uh, Denny and Terrence at home plate in City Field playing the national anthem, yeah. just knowing, you know, how we started and where we came from, just playing these little tiny pubs in Yonkers and the Bronx. And then all of a sudden seeing these two guys playing the anthem on a, at home plate at a, at a major league baseball game is, is really just, it's an, what an amazing journey. You just, you sort of can't believe it. Like, like I think Kevin said, you pinch yourself cause you just, yeah. how did we get here? We have no idea. Um, and we never would have guessed it in a million years. Yeah. And the, and the, one of the, the greatest things, and I had it, I, I thought about it a couple of times is like, wow, black 47 did this. We did it for years with at city field Shea stadium. And now we're here doing what they did for all those years. Of course, we didn't get on the field. I think the Mets and their infinite wisdom thought better after looking at the five of us. I, I don't think we want these guys anywhere yeah. on the grass or anything. It's Steve doing grass angels in the infield or something. <laughs> so, but it, it was very, um, we were very honored. I'd like to say that we kind of, that Black 47, Larry Kerwin had passed the torch to us and that we were trusted in keeping this Irish heritage night going. Uh, we hope to keep it going. Uh, we're hoping to be asked back. I, I think there's a good chance of that. But you know, we're hoping they pay us from last we're year. Yeah, we're still <laughs> we're still working on getting paid by the Mets. But they have other things on their mind right now. Yeah, apparently. they do. Yeah, they do. We're, yeah. we're 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 all the way down here. You know, so 
but uh, yeah, we're we're happy to do it. And hopefully, we get a couple of other Notre Dame uh, games uh, in, as well as uh, maybe some other opportunities. We don't we we don't know. That's we just great. have to pick up the phone. That's it, and we'll be right back after these messages. Taste Season 2 is sponsored by the good folks at Career Letters, careerletters.com. They specialize in professional branding, resume writing, LinkedIn optimization. And what a perfect time to be looking at your career, your resume, your LinkedIn profile. Is it all optimized to find that next career of your dreams? We're heading into the final months of the year. This is the time to be looking for a job now so that you can actually find and land the job of your dreams next year. Visit careerletters.com for more information. And we're back with Shillelagh Law. So, lads, I know you guys are fond of the drink. You guys are fond of the eating. Nope. And because this is a food and culture podcast a bit, and you guys are really light on the culture, I have to say, you're the lightest, you're the lightest guest I've had culturally. We're, no. we're, we're not, not physically. <laughs> not, not physically. physically. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably. We're yeah, there you go. No, but all kidding aside, you know, you guys uh, have been in plenty of bars and you've been in plenty of Irish places. So for your money, pound for pound, where are some of the greatest places to get just a good old Irish feed uh, in the tri-state area? What comes to mind? Oh, Whistling County on McLean Avenue. Whistling Donkey. That's a good one. Yes. Connolly's in Times Square. Bernie yep. Riley in any of his places. Uh, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong there. I think uh, the pint at um, uh, Ulysses down uh, on um, Pearl Street. Pearl Street, right? Um, yeah. Down near Wall Stone, Street. Yeah. Stone Street. Stone, Stone Street. Yeah. So yeah. Ulysses down on Stone Street. I, I like their pint quite a bit. Yeah. Tell yeah. Hopper we said hello. I'll say I'm BL Bach, right? Two, oh, three, oh, two, oh, of course. That's oh, Terry. Good, good call. Terry for the oh. Don't tell anybody. This is like this is like choosing between children, right? I mean, this is yeah. like, what's your favorite? But yeah, I'd, I'd go with all of those. I'd see that and I'd, uh, I'd raise you a Rory Dolan's on McLean Avenue as well. I mean, that's a good place. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do, I would say, yeah, Ulysses on Stone Street would probably be among my favorite New York pubs, for well, sure. Well, just uh, if Denny was here, he would definitely uh, recommend Moriarty's on McLean Avenue. It's yeah. his uh, go-to place for many years, and uh, they've been we've been lucky enough to have shows there uh, on Mac on McLean at Moriarty's. So it'd, it'd be uh, right to mention them as well. Great food and great people. I also and like Ramblin', yeah, yeah, Ramblin'. Uh, Ram sorry, Ramblin' House in Woodlawn, just for space alone, and and just a great space and a great atmosphere and. They have that um, Southwest burrito thing that's awesome there. That's what we call you, Steve, the Southwest burrito thing. Yeah. That was going to be the name of the band, Shalala yeah. before. That was the second choice. Yeah. That was the second choice for sure. That's the way sure. Steve says it's Southwest burrito burrito. <laughs> Three in the morning when I'm ordering it. I'm, I've been wondering, Denny posts so many comments about White Castle that I'm wondering if that's a <laughs> If that's a sponsor of Shillelagh Law, I've often wondered that. Sponsor well, we, Denny McCarthy. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, go ahead, he, Kevin. He, he, he wound up getting a, a White Castle sweater this past Christmas. Right. He did. And, he, and he's worn it out a couple of times. And if you see it in a picture, you can almost smell the White Castles coming through the video screen. 
Like, why would you encourage that? Why would you buy him something like that? And he would, he's not going to take it off. He's like, he's a kid. no, he's not going to take it off at all. When the time comes to be buried, he's going to be waked. Oh, that yeah. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Oh, for yeah. Sure. So say, I mean, uh, one, con- one, I'm sorry, one constant for food is New Park Pizza when we're on our way back. Oh, from, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, from those parts. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for the band? What does 2023 look like so far? I know you've got some upcoming gigs and I'm sure it's going to be a crazy green season as usual, but what, uh, what do you got on top for the next few weeks and into 2023? Well, we were going to try to record a couple of songs, but then it ended up snowing in New Hampshire, so we couldn't get there. Other than that, just same as usual, I'm thinking. We, we, uh, we become a machine come the first weekend in March, God bless the Irish and all the parades. I mean, every weekend is taken up with a different parade somewhere. So uh, we, we, we get in the zone and we come out to your local neighborhood and local parade and get to meet a lot of great people and have a lot of fun. We're very lucky at this stage in our life. Very lucky. It's been interesting over the years, even though like, you know, we've played every, every weekend, usually end of February, all the way through March. And sometimes the, the venues might change or the parade we're trying to associate ourselves with might change, but we're, you can always find us, you know, you can always find us somewhere on, on every one of those weekends. And one thing I saw that uh, Richie actually uh, came up with, put up on uh, Facebook is he started bringing out the old tracks from, you know, back in the day when we were like making demos and stuff. And I started looking through my garage, finding my old stuff too. I was like, I'm hoping that we can put that up so people can see it throughout the year. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I busted out the old uh, four-track tape recorder, and I'm hooking it up to my more modern equipment. And I found some old demo tapes and practice tapes. So we're hoping to, over the course of the year, you know, just try to do some reminiscing, um, celebrating what we've done, looking back, having some laughs. Uh, I even found uh, my old um, planner from 1998, 99, and 2000. So I actually have our, I had had to keep track of all this stuff. and so it was, I had the first gig we ever played, you know, and then the second gig we ever played and the third gig we ever played, just all listed out. So it'll be fun to sort of revisit some of that history. Lots of sticky notes on Popovic's refrigerator. <laughs> that was a planner. Rich, uh, maybe you want to share the idea we were thinking about doing some videos when we were driving out to... Um... Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the whole idea of trying to celebrate our 25th and, and what we want to do a little bit different and... At live shows, we're going to try to take old set lists and bring bring back some old songs we haven't played in maybe 10, 15 years. Another thought uh, we had was to try to do a video series, 25 questions for 25 years. And these would be just questions we ask ourselves and just casually in the van, maybe on the way to a show or backstage. And it'll sort of be like, hey, what's your favorite moment? What do you remember the most? Uh, what's been the hardest thing, et cetera, et cetera. So we try to think of a series of questions that we'll just release maybe on our Facebook page and on a website and their YouTube channel, just to sort of give uh, the fans and the friends we've made along the way, something to, to look at. And maybe, you know, they'll learn some things about us that they didn't know because being around as long as we have, we've had some people who've been with us since the very beginning. A lot of those people, you know, they've moved on. They've had kids, they've, they've moved away. And now there's a whole bunch, you know, there's in the middle, there was a whole sort of another section of fans who came out. And now there's even sort of a third wave and, how, you know, what do they know about what happened back in 99, 2000, 2001? So it'd be fun to share some of those, those crazy stories. Yeah, that was, that's great. That, that would make an awesome 25th celebrate anniversary celebration for a fan to be sure. So 
Well, again, you're not stopping. I looked at your website and you've got, uh, you're going to be at Mahoney's in Poughkeepsie, which I know that plays very well on the 18th and the Rockaway Rugby Club on March 4th. And yep. where else are you going to be over the next couple of weeks? Well, uh, we'll be out for the Yonkers Fire Department anniversary uh, up at Dunwoody. I say actually the Yonkers Pipes and Drums of the Yonkers Fire Department uh, up in Dunwoody on Saturday the 11th. And we'll be out in a new place out in Suffolk County. Uh, Long Beach. No, I'm sorry. That's uh, the inn in Long Beach. And then uh, we'll be at Mahoney's, like you mentioned. And then we'll be up in Connecticut uh, at O'Neill's in Norwalk, Connecticut on March 5th. So that's the next couple of weekends. So spoken for. I didn't even know that. That's great. Uh, surprise. <laughs> that's news to me. <laughs> up and down Route 95. Well, see, but that, I mean, this, that's what I'm saying. It's it's just, you know, we're, we're just lucky enough to to have found this niche of music that, uh, that the fan, it doesn't go out of style. People are always going to love it as, as long as the traditions are sort of kept alive. And I like to think we're a part of that, you know, and, um, you know, people like yourself, Mike, writing articles and, and books and, and plays. And as long as you keep doing it, I think people will want to come out and, and listen. And I feel really fortunate that we've uh, become part of that and, and tied into that and like i said before we'll, we'll keep going as as long as people keep keep listening yeah so much good music out there anymore mike i mean we're very lucky to be living and uh working and playing in these times i mean there's so many good bands out there we've we've come from an era where we learned at the knee of great bands of uh, like black 47 it was a four, four to the bar and uh, all the bands that we learned from growing up and that we, we were friends, are, are friends with. And then so many bands out there now, like the Narrowbacks and McLean Avenue Band, Celtic Cross is still going strong after even longer than us, 30 plus years, I, I think, at this, at this stage. So it's uh, like Rich said, we're, we're very lucky to be part of it. We're, we'll keep going as long as people put up with us. I will be there. And, you know, if this podcast is here to celebrate your 50th, I'm having you all on. <laughs> Steve, will, Steve will be still dressed in his pajamas. Yes. yes. He'll be in the nursing home yeah. in his pajamas. How can people get in contact with you? Drive up to Kevin's house and uh, bring, <laughs> bring him a, a, a meatball sub. With the cheese. With the cheese. Don't, oh, forget the Don't forget the cheese. Otherwise, you ain't getting in the front door. <laughs> or you can send smoke signals up to the mountains where Richie can see them. Like, like, I'll uh, take it. Yeah. Send me a send me a pigeon. <laughs> Catch that pigeon. So if there's no pigeon or there's no meatball parm <laughs> sub you can't get your hands on, how would they get in touch with you? You can reach us at info at halfthebottle.com for any uh, questions, you know, like bookings or general information. You know, you can just walk up to us at a show if you you know so inclined to come up, say hello, and uh, you know we'll, we'll gladly talk to you, answer any questions you might have. Or uh, you can get Steve a pair of pajamas, new pair of pajamas, and and, and be his best friend ever. Bribing. Yeah, then he'll then he'll owe you one. Then he'll owe you. Then he's indebted to you. I like pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Shalali Law, it's been a pleasure. It's just been great, as I said, growing up with you guys and Celtic Cross and Black Forty Seven. That's really been the soundtrack of my life, and uh, I've just thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, talking to you guys tonight and again just being in the audience over these last 25 years as a reviewer and as a friend it's just great to see you guys still alive and kicking and driving up and down the uh 95 still 
yeah. road warriors road warriors right on yeah. Yeah. all right well guys. thank you mike thanks thanks for all your support over the years it means a lot to us no problem man thanks I love those little teasers in the podcast about opening up the Shillelagh Law archives a little bit. And I am all for that look back as we look forward to some new dates this St. Patrick's Day season with Shillelagh Law. Great stuff. Taste has been produced in partnership with IrishCentral.com. It's also been produced by The Smiling Voice, my wife, Barbara Farraher. I love you, honey. And we'll see you next time.